Welcome to my Soul Life Podcast. This is my playground and I'm your host, Susan Scollin. I believe that we can live a life we love every day. To do this, we have to go on a journey to uncover who we are on every layer. Join me each Monday for conversations about following our soul's calling and embodying what lights us up so we can become even more amazing people. And then later in the week, I'll be back with our Soul Life Conversations, where we open up and explore who we truly are to become authentically us. Be inspired. A quick reminder for you that all the information shared in this podcast is my experience and the experience of my guest. It's not medical or mental health advice, diagnosis or treatment, and I'd encourage you to seek professional advice where needed. Today I'm chatting with Kristen Donnellan. I've never interviewed someone from their hospital bed before, and this one is super special, this story. I'm going to let Kristen tell it, and then I'll pop back at the end to give you a sweet update. Kristen's a mindset coach who helps mums live their best life, even through unexpected life circumstances. During her time as a stay-at-home mum, her family has experienced lots of big changes and her ability to manage her mind and emotions has helped keep her on track to live the life she desires. Kristen's recent big challenge started when her waters broke at 25 weeks pregnant and she was on hospital bed rest for the duration of her pregnancy. Kristen's passionate about helping mums shift their mindset so they can be exactly who they were created to be when confronted with the daily struggles of motherhood and big surprises like unexpected pregnancies, sudden job loss, and serious illnesses. Kristen has the biggest smile, even though she's going through a tough time and very unexpected time and a delightful time too. She's a gorgeous soul, and now she's even more prepared to help mums who are navigating sudden changes in their lives and being able to do it from a place of grace. Kristen and I would love to hear what you took away from this episode, so head over to my website, susanscollin.com or Instagram, my.soul.life.podcast, and tell us, and you can reach out to Kristen via the show notes for this episode on my website too. See you inside. Welcome, Kristen. It is so fabulous to be having this conversation with you and you're sitting in your beautiful chair and all dressed <laughs> and you can share all of that story when we get there. Yes. Um, but welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it all week. <laughs> good, good. I've been looking forward to it too. It's always, it's lovely. You've got a beautiful smile. So it just energizes <laughs> the, the light, the room anyway. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I love to start the podcast by asking each guest, what's bringing you the most joy at the moment? Oh, goodness. Well, today I've had lots of Zoom calls, which brings me so much joy because I'm in a hospital room and it feels like having visitors come on in. Yeah. And so today I'm full of joy just by getting to see people that I love and chat with them and some are clients and some are people from my cohort that just good friends. Yeah. So yes, that's that's my joy for today. Good. <laughs> You're bringing the world into you. You've That's been right. able to, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for Zoom, right? <laughs> exactly. So many benefits. And I know that yeah, COVID, this. you know, brought, brought it into a lot of people's lives where it hadn't before. But mm-hmm. now it's, yeah, now it's in everybody's lives, isn't it? Yep. Mm. So it's like the new normal and that's okay. Exactly. So can you share with us your new normal and what's going on? Oh, and goodness. How you got here and yeah. all that sort of fun stuff? <laughs> I feel like it's it's a bit of a long story, but I can jump into this part. Um, well, I became, I started going through certification to become a certified life coach almost a year ago. 
And prior to that, I had been a high school Spanish teacher. And then when my husband and I had our first little boy, decided it was time to leave teaching so I could stay home and be with our little boy. So I've been a stay-at-home mom for about seven years now. And we've got three little boys that are three, five, and eight. So last year, when we started the journey of life coaching, I knew that at this time, my kids were all going to be in school. So my three-year-old would be gone three days a week, and I would have a little more free time to not just be mama all the time. So it felt like that was the time for me to go into life coaching. So I started my program in November, and then March rolled around, and I can't do it right now. I'm doing a podcast, so there's some real life for you. The hospital staff comes in. My beautiful chair is actually in a hospital room. Um, <laughs> we put a sign on the door to do not disturb, but such is life. So a little bit of my everyday <laughs> go-to. Okay, sorry. So my husband and I, we've always done natural family planning. So we don't do birth control or contraception or anything. It's just a choice that we have made. And all three of our little boys were very intentional and very on purpose because my cycles are normal and regular, so we just count days and make the proper choices, whether we're trying to conceive or not conceive. So on March 2nd, which I remember, because it's Ash Wednesday and we're Catholic, my husband was out of town, but I realized I am a day late. So I go and have, I have a stash of pregnancy tests, because that's what you do when you do natural family planning. If there's ever a day late, you're like, oh goodness. So I go and I take a pregnancy test, and they're like, they're really cheap pack off Amazon that are like 30 for $8 or something. And there's a tiny little line. And I'm thinking, there's no way. Like we were two days in the clear. There's no way I'm pregnant. And we had just decided, we'd been praying about it and decided like, no, our family's great. Donovan, our youngest, was about to turn three. Mm -hmm. I'm starting a business. He works from the house. Like our life is where we want it. And then there's this tiny little line, and I don't believe it. So I take another one, and I take another one. (laughs) And then I think, well, these are kind of old, so maybe they're expired. And my friend had given me some other cheapo dipstick one, so I took two of hers. And they all have tiny little lines. I'm like, this can't be happening, and I'm already crying. Like, this was not the plan. And husband's out of town. Like, well, maybe they're all wrong. Maybe there's still hope that I'm not actually pregnant. And so I call, or I told my little boys, like, I'm going to be right back. My parents live across the street. I wasn't, like, abandoning them or anything. But I went down to the store that's, like, two minutes away and bought the fancy pregnancy test, the, like, $20 one. We splurged. And get back, drinking my water on the way, get back, take the test, and there's a definitive dark line on that one. Like, well... There it is. So I start texting my husband. Like, can you talk? I need to talk to you. Call me when you're on a break. I need to talk to you because he's out of town. He's like three hours south of us doing his work stuff. So he finally calls and we're outside and I talk to him for about five minutes. Like the boys are good. They're jumping on the trampoline. And I go and I sit kind of far away because I don't want to know I'm going to start crying again because it's what I do. And I tell him, like, I'm pregnant. He's like, what? Are you sure? Like, I'm pretty sure. Let me tell you about all the tests that I've taken today, which sounds so silly in hindsight, but it was such a shock. Hmm. And at that point, I was just, I felt devastated. Like, I laugh about it now, but I was in such a sad place 
because as a mama, and I even I get emotional now, we'll blame it on the pregnancy, but really I'm always emotional. <laughs> I, I was finally doing something for me mm-hmm. and finding out that I was pregnant unexpectedly felt like a setback. Like I was getting thrown back seven years to not be doing what I wanted to do. And so I was just, I was sad and disappointed and <laughs> had all these feelings that, and then guilty, felt guilty because you're not supposed to be sad about a new baby. Like mm-hmm. this is a blessing. And I wanted to feel that excitement, but I just was not there. And so for about two weeks, my sweet coaching cohort helped me through it and coached my mental state. And I really came to the conclusion of this is just part of my journey. Like maybe starting up a business, I can still do that. And maybe I'm supposed to help mamas who have had unexpected pregnancies or moms with lots of littles because we have four kids. We'll have four kids, which is about two kids more than I ever thought I would have. (laughs) They keep asking, are you done after this? Like, well, we were done before this one. So really... Um, and so it took a lot of emotional inquiry and diving in to why I was so upset before I came to a place where we were excited about this baby. So fast forward. Well, so we found out it's a girl. So that was another shocker. So shocker pregnancy, surprise, it's a girl because we have three boys. We just didn't think my husband made girls and that was fine. (laughs) Just going to be another boy. So we're excited about that. And then four weeks ago, it'll be four weeks ago in two days, um, we had gone to a friend's house for dinner. We got home, got the kids in bed, got in bed. I woke up about midnight and I was just soaked, like underwear, pajamas, sheets, a big old puddle around me. I was 25 weeks pregnant, so 40 weeks is full term, so I wasn't even to the third trimester yet. And my water had broken in the middle of the night, like... Who knows why? I guess it just happens sometimes. So we got up. I changed. We changed the sheets. And somehow we were able to go back to sleep for a few hours because normally you would go straight to the hospital. But my brain was able to shut down enough to not be like, what am I going to do? Because I couldn't leave my babies. Like my boys were sleeping in the middle of the night. But my parents, like I said, live across the street. We got up like 7 a.m. I called dad. He's like, I'll be right there. He came over and my husband and I, we left for the hospital. We went to, I feel like it's a really long story, but I'm giving you all the details. (laughs) So interrupt me if you have questions. Keep going. Uh, So we go to my normal hospital and they check us in and they get us into like the little ER room. Like, well, we're going to have to check to make sure that that's actually amniotic fluid and that you didn't just wet yourself. Like, what? I I didn't pee myself in the middle of the night. I haven't done that in years. Like, tell you the last time. And they're like, well, what color was it? My sheets are gray, so I'm not really sure, nor was I analyzing the color. And so they did a swab, and they're like, we'll be back and let you know. And then the nurse that stayed with us is saying, well, you might want to hope that it is just urine, because if it's amniotic fluid, you're not leaving until you have this baby. And then it came again. Here came the tears and the sobbing because I was 25 weeks pregnant. I was not even six months, right? I got, yeah, I was right at math. Yeah, I still didn't have, I had more than three months to go, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right at that. And 
I have three little boys at home and we still had two weeks of summer and school was about to start. Like I have stuff to do. <laughs> Those are all the things running through my head. It's like, I'm a mom. I can't just not be home. Yeah. You people are crazy. And so the nurse leaves. I cry with my husband. <laughs> my go-to. <laughs> and then they come back in and they're like, yep, it's amniotic fluid. Surprise, you didn't pee yourself. <laughs> so they moved us up to labor and delivery. They hook me up to the IV and they start giving me just liquids. And... um it gave me antibiotics to prevent infection because once you're ruptured, the baby is at risk for infection. Mm-hmm. They gave me a steroid shot because 25 weeks is pretty dang early. And the steroid shot's supposed to help develop her lungs so that if she were to be born, if I went into labor, it would give her more of a fighting chance to survive. And they put me on magnesium sulfate, which is like a muscle relaxer that's supposed to keep you from contracting and like throwing you into the labor. But fortunately, I don't typically labor on my own. I've had a lot of weird, I don't say weird. I've had very distinct deliveries for my first three. So like my first one, my water broke while I was asleep, but it was at 40 weeks. So it wasn't quite so scary. But I never went into labor naturally. Like after 24 hours, they required me to go on the like inducement drugs Mm -hmm. to make my body start doing what it's supposed to do. And then our second one, I had placenta previa, where the placenta is straight down, so you can't deliver vaginally. So I had to have a C-section at 37 weeks for that. And then we tried for the VBAC for the third, so vaginal birth after cesarean and I just never I wouldn't go into labor so like they could give you a tiny bit of pitocin which is supposed to kick up the labor and it just didn't work and then baby became under he became duress and so I had a c-section with him and he was 10 12 like 10 pounds wow. 12 ounces big baby um, was a huge baby. <laughs> the lord knew I did not want to push that baby out right. <laughs> so my body just doesn't labor on its own, Mm -hmm. thankfully. (laughs) So when my water broke with her, most people go into labor within 24 to 48 hours. And like, I haven't had a single contraction and I'm four weeks past that mark. So, so far so good, but I am here. Oh, I didn't tell you the most exciting part about this day. (laughs) So this is really (laughs) wild. It was a wild day already, but they... So then they came back. They've got me all hooked up to the IV and stuff, and it's just my husband and I. And the doctor comes in and it's like, well, I have some news. Oh, gosh, what more could it be besides I'm going to live here for three months? He said, well, we our NICU is only a level two NICU, which means they want the babies to be at least 26 weeks old if they're preemies. They're not equipped for 25 weeks. And I was at 25 weeks in one day. So we want to send you downtown to the downtown hospital that's like within our family group. It's like, okay, so then I cried again because that's farther from the house and farther from my family and like the ease of visitors. It's like, okay, that's fine. And they're like, well, that's not it because you're already on the magnesium. That's like a high risk drug. So you can't go in an ambulance. You're going to go by helicopter. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I helicoptered downtown, which was fascinating I've never been in a helicopter before <laughs> and so by that point I'm like, what can you do but laugh like, mm-hmm. I can't possibly have any more crazy stuff happen yeah. so I got downtown and I've been here ever since 
So that's my big long story, Susan. <laughs> An incredible story. And it's so like you're laughing about it now, but I can imagine all of those tears. <laughs> and so compacted within like such a short period of time. Your waters break, you, it's in the middle of the night, you don't do anything because you, you've literally got your other three boys, you know your baby's safe, and you're like, we'll do it first thing in the morning, bring your parents over. And then it just must have like been like, a movie like you're watching this thing or surreal I'm going to say and you're watching this thing and you're going this this can't be my life like how did this become my life is that sort of some of the stuff that was coming through for you yeah it was just crazy like this was not the plan she was not a plan and then she was a girl and surprised us and now we're here and it just everybody's like well girls are dramatic I said, well yeah yeah I can tell so far We've decided to name her Siobhan, which yep. it's an Irish name. It's It's got a funky spelling. It's S-I-O-B-H-O-A-N. Yes. So it looks like Siobhan. Yes. And so everybody comes in and they're like, Siobhan, what's that? So we've written it phonetically now on the board underneath so they can read that it's Siobhan. It's like, I know she's going to hate it, but every time she brings it up, I'm just going to say, well, you know what? I was in the hospital on bed rest with you for nine weeks. So you just think about that whenever you say, I don't like my name. <laughs> You'd be grateful. I'm just doing That's this for right. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we laugh about it, but, oh. but we like the name. So. It's a beautiful name. I love it. I grew up with a girl named Siobhan. Went to school with her. Yeah, it's a gorgeous name. You don't hear it very often. No, you don't actually. I don't, yeah, I don't hear it ever, very often, it, um, you know, in the current Current cycles with school and stuff like that. Teddy doesn't come home mm-hmm. and share. He's got a name. So it's beautiful. Well done. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so she has a unique name that is unique to her <laughs> and her own journey as well. And it'd be really interesting to watch her grow and see how unique her journey is because she's certainly mm-hmm. making a, a stamp on life and certainly making the boys know <laughs> that she's coming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's been one of the biggest struggles, right? Not being home with mm. my kiddos. Yeah. Um, and one of, when I got coached on just being here a few weeks ago, you're like, but think about how your boys are going to feel and how they get to see you, like giving up this time to take care of part of your family and to think of it that way. And I don't know how much they'll remember. I mean, the three-year-old won't remember much. They just know that mommy's not there right now. Yeah. But to be able to look back and say, yeah, I did sacrifice time with my boys, but in service to our family so that we can grow a healthy baby, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful gift. Doing right. lots of beautiful It's a much better sentiment than just being upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can still be upset about it, i.e. emotional about it, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but looking at it differently. Yeah. So how much has your um, coaching group meant to you? Because they've certainly helped you come through a lot of this. Oh, goodness. Yes, it's been, well, they were there from the beginning, right? And they, as a client, as you can imagine, I'm an emotional client. So it's no surprise when they're like, oh, here comes Kristen and she's (laughs) crying again. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Y'all just know, this is how I client. This is how I get deep into all the feels. Yeah. Um, But they've been great. And we still meet like once a week with at least half of us to be able to coach each other and continue growing together. And then I am in a monthly membership where I get coaching once a week that has made a huge difference. Uh, About two weeks ago, I had to do the glucose test Mm -hmm. and 
I had just eaten pancakes for breakfast, you know, hospital food. That's what they brought me. And I just told the nurse, like, gosh, I feel really sugared up today with all those pancakes. And then in walks the doctor and she says, hey, let's do your glucose test today. I just ate pancakes. But it didn't even cross my mind to advocate for myself and say, let's not do it today. One of my girlfriends mm-hmm. later was like, why don't you just say no? Like that. I'm such a stickler and a rule follower that it didn't even cross my mind to think that I could say, no, thank you, not today. So in hindsight, and I'm like moving forward with choices that we're going to have to make, like once we hit our milestones and our weeks that we're trying to get to, like I can say no. And what an empowering thought that I don't have to do what the doctors say, or I can postpone or ask for other things. And I think that's been a big lesson. Mm -hmm. But so we did the glucose test, and then I failed it with good reason. Yes, <laughs> And the yes. next day we did the three-hour, and I failed that one. So then I was diagnosed as a gesta- gestational diabetic, and then I was very upset for another day <laughs> where I had a lot, Susan. There can't be that many more things that could go wrong. So they put me on a diet. And I was like, it's not fun. But the doctor said, if you're good for four days or so, because my sugars aren't crazy. I'm not, I'm not that diabetic, in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a little diabetic. You're like, if you're good for four days and your sugars aren't too high, then you can go back to a normal menu if you order within reason. Yeah. Okay, I, can, I can order within reason. <laughs> Please give me back my chocolate chip cookies at least every couple days. Yeah. <laughs> I need some joy. Yeah, bring in the joy because I can't control it any other way. No. Not that I I don't want to seek my joy in food, but just a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Take what you can get. Yeah, it must feel very out of control, like you're just not sure what's going to come to you next. Do you feel that way? It comes and goes, right? I have those first two weeks, it was like every other day I'd have a good day and then an off day and a good day and an off day. And I think I finally have gotten kind of into a rhythm Our goal is to make it to 34 weeks. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the standard when you have that early rupture. Yeah. Um, So like I said, I'll have five more weeks to go. So I'm almost halfway there as of Friday. Yeah. In two more days. So five weeks and two days to go. Yeah. Um, So I think finding that balance of being able to get up, I make sure I get up, I wash my face, I put on daytime clothes so I don't sit around in my pajamas because I'm not walking around I don't have to have help to like go to the restroom or anything but I'm supposed to stay seated and reclined if possible just so that I'm not putting any pressure on so gravity's not working against baby yes Um, so yes I get up I get dressed I try to do some like mental reflection and get my mindset into a good place for the day I do some coaching work if I have clients on the books then I'll put my face on so I feel pretty and yes. <laughs> professional. And I've had a few calls from this chair and you can't even tell I'm in a hospital. <laughs> it's my new office. Your sirens. It's okay. I'm fine. It's just yeah. that I'm in a hospital, but they don't necessarily know why. Um, and so getting to a place where I felt comfortable enough, because I didn't coach for the first two to three weeks. I've just started taking professional-ish Zoom calls this yeah. week and last week. Yeah. Um, but I feel so much better having a purpose to wake up and to do something and to not have that temptation of, like, I could just watch Netflix all day. Yeah. I could just read a book. I could try to sleep. Like, I don't nap 
I love naps, but I'm not napping on purpose so that I'll <laughs> sleep well at night yeah. and just making good choices for my personal mental well-being. Yeah. So really supporting yourself um, in how you set up your day, like at the start of your day, you've got a plan, you know what you're going to do. Um, and then as you said, you put on your face if you're going to have clients, but if not, you've got a purpose, you know what you're going to read or you know what you're going to dive into. You're not just sitting there. Not that that's a bad thing on Netflix, right? <laughs> but you're not just sitting there on that 24-7 and just sort of going deeper into that, why am I here? I don't want to be here. This is really hard sort of space. Yeah. You're actively choosing not to be there. Right. Because mm. I've talked to a lot. I've made a lot of good nurse friends after <laughs> almost a month. And they're like, you're so cheerful. It's fun to come in here. Like, you're still smiling. And it's been almost four weeks. And they won't share a lot, but like some women come in here and they start as one person and they leave as a totally different person because they're just so sad and depressed. And I don't want to fall into that. I also want to show that it it is possible to take each day and it's okay. Yeah. Right? Like at the end, it'll be 4 o'clock p.m. by the time we get off of our call. Like my day's already almost gone. That's another day down. Yeah. Another day. Another day closer to your boys yeah. and another day closer to your little girl coming through. Yeah. And that so feels you, much better than being yeah, sad. Yeah, 100%. So you're 29 weeks now. You're working towards 34 weeks. Mm-hmm. How long can she stay in there without the amno- amniotic fluid? Can she go so to 40 is, weeks? Yeah. They don't typically do that. I would, so I kept myself off of Google up until about this week. <laughs> That's very important. Strict with myself to not be Googling things. Um, So that first week we were here, the NICU specialist came in and said that at this hospital between 25 and 26 weeks, they have a 90 to 95% survival rate. And I I guess, surprise, surprise, I started crying. (laughs) The doctor's like, I didn't mean to upset you. I was like, no, these are happy tears. Those are such good statistics. Like 90, 95%. Like, yes, we can do that. That's great. (laughs) So, I mean, with each week, it's even better and better. Um, But so with the amniotic fluid, I went two weeks without leaking at all Mm -hmm. after that first big rupture. And they said sometimes that happens. Sometimes your rupture will seal back up. Sometimes baby's like booty will be pushed up against the break. And so if baby's not moving a whole bunch, it'll seal it off. So they think that's probably what it was. And then about two weeks ago, I started leaking again, but not like in excess. And they just are looking for obvious red blood. So like if the placenta has ruptured or something weird going on. Um, but the baby doesn't need much fluid is what they're telling me. Because when I started leaking again, I was like, is this a problem? Like, I got real worried. Yeah. And she said, no, it's actually a good sign because the majority of that fluid is actually just like baby's urine, which mm. sounds kind of gross. But <laughs> it's baby like drinking and getting sustenance from the umbilical cord and then peeing it out. And that shows that she's developing and her lungs are functioning and she's got good kidney function. So they were very pleased that I started leaking fluid again. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> that sounds good. Um, so just last night I started Googling. I was like, what's the difference when you have, they call it PROM, premature rupture or something, something membrane maybe. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but, so I'm Googling like PROM and 34-week delivery versus 35-week delivery. 
And the doctor had told us a few weeks ago, he was like, if you make it to 34 weeks, over half of our babies go home with the family. Mm -hmm. Like they don't even have to stay in the NICU. They'll stay for the normal three to five hospital days, like always. And then there's a good chance the baby would go home with you. And so I started Googling because the internet doesn't say that it's about half that goes home at 34 weeks more. It's more like 80 to 90% stay in the NICU for two weeks. Mm. Yeah. But that 34 week mm. to 35 week difference, I read a study last night and they were both within like 3% of the like 87 versus 90% of those babies stay in the NICU for two weeks, even though they have a whole extra week of gestation. So it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of benefit unless I guess I tried to push through to 40. I don't, if they've told me 34 weeks right now, I'm just shooting for 34 and we'll see if I get there and feel like I want to push longer. But yeah, everything I've heard is very optimistic and not super stressful about delivering at that time frame. Yeah. And so far so good. I mean, we've made it four weeks. What's five more at this point? Well, that's exactly right. And she's doing well. Like that's, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? She's not, she's not in distress. She's not worried about anything. She's getting all the rest that she needs with her mama. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They monitor me twice a day just to check her heartbeat and movement and stuff. Yeah. They're like, she's fine. <laughs> How are you going? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> as long as you say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's yeah. fabulous that she's yeah that she's going so well. I've never heard of a rupture before, like, and that you could actually you know with the amniotic fluid rupture, and that you could actually everything keeps going like it's not like she has to be yeah. delivered or anything like that. So yeah, it's fabulous. So fantastic, you know. Well, I asked the nurse the other day about like because you hear when people are when women are at term like at thirty nine weeks, forty weeks. And they do like the sonogram and they say, well, oh, your fluids are pretty low. Let's go ahead and have this baby. I asked, I was like, why? Because that sounds like you need fluid. Yeah. And she was like, well, there's just really no reason to keep the baby in there at that point that it could lead to distressed mm. delivery. Okay. Mm. Which doesn't feel like a real solid answer, but. <laughs> I guess every case is individual, right? So being able to just monitor that person in the way that it's, you know, that they need monitoring and supporting them, you know, if they need a delivery or not. And, yeah, just dealing with case by case rather than, you know, the study says, you know, 80% of the people do this mm-hmm. and maybe that's a different experience for the hospital. So it's not necessarily reflective of, of them, but it may be reflective of other hospitals out there as well. Mm-hmm. So I you feel... Delivery stories are all just so fascinating because they're yeah. so different. Well, and you've had three different ones already and this one will be different again (laughs) you just never know no no (laughs) and I wonder about um energetic meanings I don't are you happy to dive into this sort of space and tell me if you're not (laughs) so I was talking to my son last night and we talk about the fact that he chose us as parents and um Mm when his soul was coming in and then we I talked about him having the birth that he needed so he was I was placenta previa so he was born by cesarean um two yeah about two weeks prior to him being born and about the six weeks mark he turned long story short um and so I ended up being told I had to stop work at that point because I couldn't go into labor 
and I'd had some pains through that turning um, that were cracking pains and I was like oh my god if this is labor I'm not I'm not in for this I'm not I'm out (laughs) I don't need to be a hero (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and I said to him last night, so you had the birth that you needed to come into the into the world and it had to be by cesarean and all went really well and, um, yeah, so it was interesting. So energetically I was just wondering around you've had three very different births. This one's different again but even more so um, than the other three and it's a girl. I don't know if that means anything <laughs> or any meaning behind it, but do you look at them sort of differently and kind of go, what is she, why are we going through this at this point in time? What is what is coming through for us or what have we got to learn? And you've, you've mentioned a couple of learnings already, but, yeah, have you thought about it from that perspective? I mean, we are, so we're people of faith, that we are practising Catholics, and so I truly believe that God doesn't give you anything that's outside of his plan, and he is fully in control. And I've thought about it a lot, and that maybe I just needed to slow down has kind of been one of my lessons, because we're very, despite, you can tell by my voice, like we're very go, 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 and fast-paced. Why say we? I am very (laughs) go, 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 and then I drag my children along, and my husband is exhausted all the time. So that maybe... Maybe this is just God telling me I need to take a break mm. and take care of me and take care of sister and make sure that we are healthy and ready to go. And me being here hasn't been the hard part. It's not being with my babies at home and not like we had my eight, my seven, now eight-year-old. He turned eight <laughs> since yeah. I've been here. And my middle started kindergarten, and I wasn't there for the first day of school. And so it's those things, when I think about missing that, makes me sad. But being here in service to growing a human, that, like, this doesn't bother me at all, right? But back to your question about energy, I guess I haven't really analyzed how each of their births have been and what that means for them, Um. I guess reflectively, like with Sebastian, our the one that was placenta previa, so we had him three weeks early. He has always been, he's not, he's not a slow developer, but he's so different from our first. He's very much, and my first is an analytical thinker, does everything by the books, colors in the lines, it has to be perfect. Sebastian, he will be drawing a picture and I'll ask him, Sebastian, what are you making? I don't know. I'll know when I finish. Love that. <laughs> it's, right? It's such a bizarre thought for me. I'm like, why would you even be making it if you don't know what you're making? What's yes. the point of doing that? Because I'm much more like my firstborn of like, oh, by the book, they told me to do this, so I'm going to do it, and it'll be perfect, and it's great. <laughs> but Sebastian's much more a free spirit. Like, he does where his little heart leads him, and it's just so interesting to watch. And then Donovan, my 10-12-er, uh, he, he's just, he's so funny. <laughs> he's such a goofball. I don't know what that has to do with his birth, but he's totally normal size now. Like he trimmed up and was fine. He had to be in the NICU for a time because his blood sugars were high, which is weird that a fat baby, or his blood sugars were low, like that a big baby would have low blood sugar. It's very counterintuitive. But he is just a crack up. And pushing limits. And it's like, Donovan, don't do that. And he'll pick up the thing and say, this? 
don't do this. Don't pick this up. Are you sure? Like, it's so, but he's so cute when he does it. You can't be mad at him for challenging you. And he's not being ugly or mean about it. It's just like, are you sure? This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> so he just pushes boundaries here and there, but goodheartedly. So I don't know. I think I think we're all blessed with exactly what we're supposed to have. And our journeys are different and they vary, but inevitably we will end up where we're supposed to be. Yeah. As we walk in obedience and yeah. follow follow the path set before us. Yeah, or surrender to the path, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's that just rather than pushing back against the fact that you're in hospital and you're going to be there for a little bit longer, you know, just surrender to it and allow it to happen and <clears throat> just enjoy those moments. Like you said, slowing down gives you that beautiful opportunity to be with her and that you're growing her so that she will have this amazing life on the other side and just continuing to do you know, the things that will work for you and will work for her and then therefore that will work for your family as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So good. And it's been beautiful to, like, have friends visit because I'm not, I don't, we're not under, like, COVID restrictions and so my boys yeah. come up. Good. We do Friday night movie nights. <laughs> we have been ordering dinner and we all snuggle in the hospital bed. Yes. It's great. It's the highlight of my week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's like, my brother came up. To. Right. Yes. And my brother, they recently moved back to town and he came up yesterday and he's got two little kids and then we've got our little boys. And I couldn't tell you the last time that we had time to just sit and talk. And he came and it's just me and him for an hour and a half and we laughed and I'm sure I got emotional about something, but he shared his new job with me and I talked to him about coaching and it was such an enriching and meaningful conversation. I don't know if he feels the same way, but when he left, I was like, that was so beautiful to have the time to just reconnect with my brother. Yeah. Because we've always been close, but it's been years since we've had a chance to talk like that. Hmm. And that was just such a blessing. That's lovely. It's making me teary. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But, it, yeah, it's really created those opportunities for you to just mm-hmm. see the beauty in life in the present moment as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and be grateful for the yeah. gifts that we get yeah. along the way. Yeah. So what are some of those lessons that you've learned just in this five or four-week period so far? Well, I think one of the big things, like personally, has been to just give myself grace and I'm a high achiever and (laughs) like to go, go, go and be doing things. And on the days that I don't feel great, I might watch more, more shows on my computer than I want to. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, well, that was a waste of a day. But to just acknowledge like, this is, this is my circumstance for now. And I don't have to beat myself up over it. Like I'm doing the best I can and not being mad at myself or making myself feel worse, but really trying to speak, speak to myself with grace. Like as a child of God, how would he talk to me through what I'm going through and not always punishing because I'm very hyper, like so self-critical and it's way easier to fall into that judgmental, like, why'd you do this? You should have done that. Why didn't you accomplish more than it is to love on yourself and know that you're doing a good job? Yeah. Cause you that's a big one. Yeah, because you could certainly get caught in that, well, how did we get here? Why are we here? What's the, what did I do? 
to cause this and you haven't done anything. Just mm-hmm. is the journey that you're on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't ever want to fall into that victim mentality to make mm-hmm. myself feel worse than than I feel already. Yeah. <laughs> like, and why we're we're harsh enough to ourselves as it is. Yeah. So why don't you want to go into that victim mentality? What what's that story? I think oh that's a deep question. Let's see. I want to exist in a place where I really know who I am and where I'm not afraid to dive into my emotions, but I don't ever want to blame my emotions on other people or other things. Mm. I think when I think about going into like that victim stage, like when I, when I tested positive for the gestational diabetes, that, that day was full of victimization. Like, my body's broken. Why am I not processing sugars? What did I do wrong? And there's nothing you can do about it. Like the placenta, they said the placenta doesn't process the sugars the right way. So the only thing you can do is to get rid of the placenta, which means you get rid of baby. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I can do about this placenta in my body. Um, but again, it was six hours of just like tormenting myself because I was very much in that poor, poor me stage. Mm. And it's not, it's not a fun place to be in, especially when logically, you know, you can't control it. Yes. But rationally and emotionally, or emotionally, sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just want, I want to be open enough to dive into it and understand why I feel the way I feel mm. without casting blame on mm. other things. Yeah. And it sounds like that therefore, when you do that, you get to know yourself even better. And you get to be able to hold space for other situations that are going to come throughout life and navigate those because you've been able to navigate this one. It'll give you tools to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's not always fun, right? It's not no. always fun to be the client and dive into <laughs> your thoughts. Sometimes there's some nasty, ugly thoughts hiding in there, but yeah. better to find them and work through them yeah. than to suppress them down. Yeah, better to pull the weeds out of the garden than to leave yeah. them there. Oh, I like that. When mm-hmm. they don't need to be there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're taking nutrients, aren't they, from like all the other plants as well, mm. thinking about it that way. Um, so, yeah, give back the nutrients to like take that out so you can um, like fertilise or support better the good mm-hmm. thinking thoughts, the ones that really propel you forward as opposed to keeping you stuck. Yeah. I like that analogy. Yeah, I do too. That just came to mind. Somebody else has said that, I'm sure. That's You're brilliant. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. <laughs> so tell us, thinking about your journey and, you know, from the moment that you were like, I'm a day late, what's going on, to where you are, who have you become over that period of time? Oh, goodness. I think you mentioned surrender earlier, and I think I've really come into a place of surrendering to where I'm at and to not be mad at it, yeah. to, not be, to not be upset for where I've been placed, <laughs> where I've arrived. Um, I think that's probably the biggest lesson is being willing to surrender that to the Lord and to know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like even... Even had we lost her at 25 weeks, like we would have been okay. We would have been heartbroken. Mm. But I have faith to know that this is where I'm supposed to be and that God will take care of us and provide for us. He hasn't let us down yet. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. to just yeah. be able to lean on my faith stronger this time has really been a nice way of growing. Yeah. And and the friends that I've had through coaching that have made such a big difference and have really loved me through it despite of <laughs> despite of this <laughs> and my emotional fluctuations. So I think just understanding as a mindset coach, like understanding the choices that I get to make in my brain and in my thoughts about where I have been and where I'm going and how I want to approach it and really showing up in a way that serves me so that I can be of service to others. That's been, I'd say a fun journey, but I just don't know that fun is the right word for it. It's been a journey, whether it's fun or not. It's been a journey, that's right. And it's been a journey that's sort of gone, this is what you're doing. And you're like, hang on a minute, I'm not doing that. Like, that doesn't work for me. (laughs) I'm about to go out into the world and, you know, start my business and have my time now that the boys are, you know, so much older and then we've got this little girl coming along and you're like, okay, and it's a girl. Oh, my God. (laughs) What do we do with girls? (laughs) Yeah, what do we do with girls? (laughs) I don't know. It'll be amazing. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And she's got three older brothers who are going to look after her so well. Protect her and (laughs) harass her. Yes, yes. They must be excited for another baby. They are. They are. It took some adjustment, but they are excited. (laughs) My oldest went. So we had gone on family vacation this summer back in June with my parents and my brother and his family. And my husband and I, we found out the day before the gender, but we didn't tell anybody we were finding out. So we got some of those like popper cannons yeah, that pop out the confetti. And so we all went down to the beach in the evening and did the little popper gender reveal. And my seven-year-old at the time, he just starts crying. I told you, I'm just like him. <laughs> he just starts crying. I'm like... Quentin, what's wrong? I don't want to have girl stuff all around the house. <laughs> and that was his logic and his reasoning for why he wanted a brother. Because heaven forbid he, there be girl stuff around the house. I was like, but I have girl stuff. He's like, not that much. <laughs> and he cried for about 20 minutes. About the girls. He's much better now. Oh, <laughs> now they're excited. Yeah. Oh, it's such, it's so emotional for them as well. Like the, just the ride and just, yeah, it's so, it's beautiful, but it's, it's emotional. Um, years ago, so I'm one of five children and I'm number four and my after you know, my parents are bringing home number three and my brother ran inside and it was a boy and my brother runs inside and he, he locks the door. He said, you're not bringing that baby in here. <laughs> We still talk about it as a family. It's just so funny. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny how they react. Yes. When we've been talking to Quentin, like, you're old enough. Now you're going to remember all this. You're going to be big enough to carry, sister. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a whole different relationship for him than it was with his, with the third brother. Yeah. <laughs> just because he is older. And I think that's precious. And I'm so excited to watch that develop. Yeah. And he'll be, like, he'll be able to help so much more if, if he so yes. chooses, you know. Changing he says he'll if change he wants diapers. <laughs> I know he said he would. We'll see if he holds to it. <laughs> I have an eight-year-old, so he would be like, uh, "I'm doing what? No, I'm not doing that." Yeah, I had never changed a diaper until I had my oldest, mm. and even at the hospital, I didn't change a single diaper at the hospital. Quentin did it. My husband's also Quentin. My husband changed them all. Thanks, baby. I love you. You're doing a great job over there. I'm just gonna lay here. <laughs> <laughs> 
keep going, keep doing it. You'll be right. <laughs> Things, our life changes, hey? That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that a question? Sorry, I didn't hear what no, you said. I just said how okay. life changes. Yeah. Oh, yes. so change. Yeah. And being open to that change rather than, mm-hmm. like you've talked all the way through this about rather than pushing back on what that change could mean or what it actually means to me, like coming into that surrender space. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm. So before I hit the, hit, you know, fast forward into the wrap-up questions, is there anything else that you <laughs> want to add, anything that we didn't talk about? I don't think so. I'm just so grateful that you invited me on. This has been so much fun, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really it's fun been to laugh and cry with you in our yeah. 45 minutes together. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, so tell us, maybe it's in the space that you're in at the moment, but what is one thing that you do for self-love? What What does that look like for you? Well, I feel like I answered the one in the hospital just a little bit ago because um, I was percolating on this question. When I'm home, I love to read, especially if it's raining. And we finally had some rain for the first time in like three months, a couple days ago. Um, And so when I'm home, I like to get my book and go curl up for like 20 minutes in the afternoon in my, in my favorite chair at home (laughs) and, and just snuggle up and enjoy that quiet me time to like calm down and rest for a little bit throughout the day. Um, But here, self-love has been very different because I feel like everything I do is kind of like self-love, right? Like I'm not, I'm doing a lot of things and not really doing anything. Yeah. Um, so really it was that we talked about just getting to the end of the day and making sure that I'm speaking to myself from a place of grace and mm-hmm. not judgment. Um, and I think that's made all the difference in the world to going to bed in a place of like, I did, had a good day, did what I needed to do. Siobhan is growing and healthy and we can go to bed at peace and happy and have a good night. And so intentionally treating myself from a place of grace has been the best self-love that I've had in the hospital. Well, that sounds beautiful. I think we can all do that in our own lives and just take that in um, and just check in with ourselves at night time around how we're speaking to ourselves, how we're showing up and what we're grateful for in that day, that moment. It's beautiful. And what are you reading at the moment? Or what do you normally read? What's your genre? <laughs> Worthless novels. <laughs> when I was a high school teacher, I started reading like young adult fiction so that I could connect with my students. And I just really enjoy the genre. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's nothing self-developmental. <laughs> That's my, my zone out time. I am actually reading um, The Simple Path to Wealth, if you would like mm. a beneficial book. And it's no. like about retired investment. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Sure it's actually a very good book and pretty easy to. Yeah. I'm not super financial savvy. We're big budgeters, but I don't. I don't do all the investment things. But it's, a, it's an easy read, and everybody says to start there. Well, that's okay. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's plenty of money sort of mindset books or money investment that's books, right. all of that sort of stuff out there. So it's mm, good. Yes. Fun. <laughs> and you've, you've shared so much information today. So if myself and the listeners were to take one thing away implemented into our own life in service of you, what would that be? I think my, I was trying to think of what has really helped me get through this time. And it's a a self-inquiry question. And it's just to slow down and think like, what if nothing has gone wrong? Mm. And so when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed or anxious to just take a deep breath 
and ask, what if nothing's gone wrong? Like, this is fine, and you can get through it. Yeah. To just bless yourself with that gift of knowing that it's going to be okay. Yeah. There's a good chance that nothing has gone wrong, and it's just a tough moment that you can get through. Yeah, and it's and it's unfolding exactly as it's meant to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, beautiful. That's such a gorgeous question, and it's it's great for our minds to explore that as well. Because we're the mind is naturally exploring everything that has gone wrong. So asking <laughs> to explore, maybe nothing has gone wrong. Can we yeah. have a look at that as well? Yeah, beautiful. So where can everybody find you and potentially come and work with you? What does that look like? I do one-on-one coaching sessions and my website is kristen.coach. So it's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, My original niche when I started was working with mamas of littles and helping them to find fulfillment and joy just in the everyday life of being a stay-at-home mom and not getting to the end of the day and beating yourself up over it. But really through this journey, I decided I'd like, I'm expanding my niche out to unexpected life events for mamas. So whether it's a pregnancy or a sudden illness or a job loss or a sudden move, I love being able to share my story and help them with theirs and through theirs so that they know that nothing has gone wrong. So yes. I'm on Instagram at Kristen Donnellan and Facebook Kristen Donnellan Coaching. Beautiful. And that journey with them is going to be transformative because you now have the tools to be able to, yes. one, obviously through your training, but also through your own life experience mm-hmm. to then be able to bring into those sessions because, yeah, nothing has gone wrong. What is the opportunity here? Right. How can we, yeah, unpack that? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you so much for sharing where you're at at the moment, what's been unfolding for you over the, well, the whole pregnancy effectively. And thank you for being so (laughs) open. And I wish you all the best and hope everything goes really well with Siobhan. And potentially by the time this um, airs, we may know like that everything's gone well. So I'll check back in with you and everything before we get to that point. I will keep you posted. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy and a pleasure. Thank you. So would you like to know what happened? This is the beauty of there being a delay between when a podcast is recorded and when a podcast is released. We get to find out. (laughs) So Kristen emailed me on the 13th of September to let me know that baby Siobhan arrived fast and furious. She arrived by vaginal birth with no epidural and at the time of Kristen's email, Siobhan was eight days old and doing great in the NICU. Siobhan was born at 30 weeks and three days and Quinton, Kristen's husband, was there for Siobhan's birth. Kristen was at home two days post Siobhan's birth and she said it has been nice to be home with her little boys again. Whilst they're missing Siobhan and keen to have her home with them, Kristen is pumping every two to three hours so she can breastfeed Siobhan when she comes home. Also, with her hormones and emotions on full tilt, she reminds herself we can do hard things. And yes, we can. The labour itself took seven hours and Kristen has kindly shared with me her journal entry. What I want to share with you from it is that Kristen had been going through a mindset program that was teaching her to engage with her sage, her wise one. And this really helped her through Siobhan's delivery because it brought in thoughts like, I can do anything for 60 seconds and the Lord created our bodies for this. So it was really great affirmations that supported her in that, on that journey. Siobhan's coming home soon, and in the meantime, Kristen says, everything feels like a true labour of love. Are you teary like I am? <laughs> it's such an honour that I get to share Kristen's story with you. One of beauty, challenges, and triumphs, 
And I wish Kristen, Quinton, the boys and beautiful baby Siobhan a healthy and happy life full of love and wonder. Thank you for joining me today and I have a couple of small favours to ask. If you love this episode, please share it with someone you love and you know the episode will resonate with. Also, to help spread the word about my podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love hearing your thoughts about my podcast and what's resonating with you. Plus, it helps us share my podcast with the rest of the world, which is amazing. Finally, thank you so much for being here. I'm super grateful for you and I'm truly honoured you've spent your time with me. Let's keep rising. Let's keep growing because it's totally possible to live a life you love every day right where you are. See you in the next episode.